0: The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs Boxing Program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. Somebody that's
1: trouble with alcohol, if they're in sobriety, and they've been sober for 30, 60, 90 days, you don't reward them with 30 back. Yeah. So if, if you have issues with food and nutrition and you're doing well for 30 days, I'm not like, well, here's some hoes and
2: ding-dongs. You're good to go now. <laughs> right. This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast, featuring celebrities, experts, and everyday people who have overcome adversities, including addiction, mental health, and trauma, to live purposeful lives and that's what knocking doors down is all about brandon pinion the owner of high five fit club what is going on my brother what's going on jason (laughs) hey we're gonna talk all kinds of shit here on this episode of course (laughs) uh, another one for people like i've talked about being in professional wrestling uh announcing and and ring announcing but you you are proof that i worked in professional wrestling when people don't believe me so
1: no, you did. You, you were a staple in the business and professional wrestling. So. <laughs> oh, thanks, You're overselling
2: yeah. me now, man. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm real proud of you. You know, you've uh, uh, taken on this endeavor of your own business um, with uh, the, the fitness club and, and what you're doing.
1: It's been a little, uh, a little crazy at times with uh, the pandemic. Uh, I opened in 2019 and then from there just kind of it took a life of its own. Yeah. So it's been good.
2: That's good, man. Well, I know that you've uh, definitely faced some adverse situations. We were talking and and I don't think you knew that I was struggling with alcoholism, um, but you had pretty much kind of given up uh, uh, drinking uh, to chase your goals.
1: Yeah, no, uh, the company used to work for. uh, They told us us what we needed to hear. Uh, I think they were pretty honest when it came into what it took to get to WWE. So it's like, you know, you got to quit this if you want to get here. So there's a give and take relationship. Uh, I think everybody in their 20s just kind of hangs out, and parties a little bit. So getting away from uh, an unhealthy lifestyle, which uh, I didn't really drink too often, but, you know, the casual drinker on Friday nights with the boys, uh, not doing that allowed me to be even fitter or even in better shape uh, to get that WWE trial. So I'm thankful for that.
2: Did you find that when you quit Drinking that, even your circle changed a little bit, or did you still maintain some of the same friendships?
1: uh my circle it it didn't change too much. I, I'm pretty hard headed, uh, so I keep the friends that I enjoy around me, and I'm pretty uh, blunt when it comes into what I do. So yeah. it's like uh, you know, either you're with me or against me type deal. But uh, no, the circle uh, was still the same. Uh, I maybe lost a couple people, but. The uh, ones that I've had around me I've always been honest and upfront with and they still remain today. so I'm happy yeah. with that.
2: what what stuff did you kind of notice within yourself? I mean even like you said you you know a casual drinker and and you know I know we we had some drinks together at times but I was the guy that you you had like maybe a shot in a beer and then I was like, hey, bring six more um, <laughs> What did you really notice because a lot of people that might listen to knocking doors down are definitely you know sober curious not that it's necessarily a quote unquote problem for them per se, um, but they want to change the lifestyle. So what did you find for yourself once you really did quit drinking? I mean, how are you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually?
1: Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, everybody's emotional all the time. We're, we're, everybody's like this giant ball of a wreck. Yeah. Uh, we're all just trying to find ourselves. And as we grow, we find more and more of ourselves. But as far as uh, eliminating that, uh, I wasn't tired as much. Uh, My cardio changed. Um, The the in-ring presence was, uh, I was allowed to be a lot leaner, a lot more cut, uh, feeling good, having better quality matches, uh, better quality life. Uh, As far as spirituality, I've always believed in some type of higher power, uh, Mm -hmm. not per se uh, religion by the book. But uh, no, just uh, being in tune with truly who I am Uh, I got deeper into that, uh, just growing uh, mentally. I think I don't think anybody's really mentally stable, but for the most
2: part, uh,
1: (laughs) just trying to be a little bit more clear vision as far as uh, what I wanted to do. But no, I mean, a a lot of things change as far as being, uh, you feel healthier, uh, Mm. you feel better. And it wasn't that uh, I would go out and drink every weekend. Like I said, we've had some drinks together, Uh, but it just, it changes your perception on the way you look at things. And you don't have to fall into that trap Um, for some people do have these bigger issues with it, but it's it's a way of life. It's not just like you can't do something. I'm not like anti anybody that drinks now. Uh, It's just that's just not what I do. Just like I enjoy protein shakes. There's a lot of people that prefer hamburgers over a (laughs) protein. So (laughs) that's just kind of where I stand.
2: Have you had people with the work you're doing at High Five Fit Club Club come in and and be transparent with you about some life changes and maybe substance abuse was a part of that and it's kind of that continual transformation and personal growth? Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, everybody that I've met with that has walked through my doors has had some type of issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the, the biggest imbalance that most people come in with is I think substance is not is very relatable to people with issues with eating. Sure. So uh, they come in with these eating habits and they come in with these eating issues that they don't really understand. It's a cycle that's going over and over again. And eating the wrong foods is just as bad as any type of chemical that you can put into your body. Uh, I'm not Mr. You know, I, I love to be called Mr. Fitness, but I'm not here to hold anybody back or you know, I want them to grow from their story. But people have come in and they're like, hey man, I have an issue with food. I, I think yeah. I need this type of food all the time and it leads them to diabetes or high blood pressure. And they want that change in their life. And being transparent like that has been a real blessing with what I do because we're able to kind of meet in the middle and yeah. figure out the best game plan for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I could only imagine the, the, you know, the amount of folks, um, you know, really within our culture, cause we get things so quick. We're, we're, a, a quick meal, uh, a pill that'll fix this, you know? And, I could see that that real challenge for someone to really change that way of thinking because just like with any other with substance abuse or whatever it is, if it's an eating disorder, our brain is so locked into that way of doing things that it's hard to change it. You know, and I and some people go, "Oh, if I do this for thirty days, that's going to be enough." And sometimes it's not because the little thing that says "have a Twinkie" sneaks in.
1: <laughs> no, and I've I've compared it to. Uh, People's eating habits should be taken as serious as somebody with alcoholism. Uh, and sure. I've compared it to that. I'm not playing any light on anybody that has trouble with alcohol, because it's somebody that has trouble with alcohol, if they're in sobriety and they've been sober for 30, 60, 90 days, you don't reward them with a 30 pack. Yeah. So if if you have issues with food and nutrition and you're doing well for 30 days, I'm not like, well, here's some hoes and ding dongs, you're good to go now. <laughs> right. You know, they have to, they have to continue that journey to, to seek the healthiest version of themselves. And it's really very relatable along the same lines. And I have understood that. And people have just as hard of an issue with food, just like somebody that was, you know, that is in their sobriety.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. we've definitely talked with people that have eat- had eating disorders here on the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Let's uh, talk about your story, though. You know, it's, it's fascinating that, that we've known each other as long as we have, but don't know much about each other's <laughs> histories. But, uh, what, you know, what was Brandon Pinion like growing up?
1: Um, growing up, a uh, single parent family. Uh, dad wasn't around. Uh, technically, he was, but he chose not to be in the picture. Uh, mm. Growing up, I, I walked to the beat of my own drum. I kind of figured out that he wasn't going to be there. Uh, our, our mom raised me and my brother. Uh, she did everything from day one. And uh, the, the typical Hispanic Mexican family, uh, we were raised by my grandma. She had a whole two jobs while she's busy working. My grandma's raising us. Uh, we we're probably hell to raise. Uh, but it's like, uh, because we're outside in the backyard throwing each other through chairs, <laughs> but it's, uh, no, yeah. Growing up, uh, was, it was tough, but I think, uh, the version of tough in the, in the nineties as a kid was, uh, very, uh, very important and very impactful for my life because everybody, it, it was a lot different than I think how kids are growing up now, but yeah. it was, it was a good tough, uh, learn how to wash your own clothes, do your own dishes, uh, make sure everything's in order uh, before mom gets home, little things like that. Uh, now, you don't really see it as a kid, but when you get older, you start understanding the things she did for you so that way you can have a life that you have now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, th- dad was never in the picture. He gets no credit. I've always said, uh, you know, somebody, somebody could be a dad, but it takes a lot to be a father, somebody yeah. that's going to actually be in somebody's life.
2: Well, and it's good you point that out about the the way that you were raised, because um, what we're facing with with the work that I'm doing outside and knocking doors down or talking with families and what I'm seeing so often is parents that are have a child that is an addict. They're saying, you know, God, I wish I would have made them work harder or work for more things. And I think that's such an important thing to understand. And I try to do it with with the best with my kids. They have their lazy moments. I have my lazy moments. We all do. Yeah, right. I don't want to do the dishes. But I think it's so important for kids to be a part of those household things and learn to that they are a part of it. It's, It's imperative because like, fuck, I'm seeing it with these addict parents. They've... They, they, they have kids that are 23, 24 years old that don't even know how to pay their cell phone, do their laundry, uh, when their car insurance is due or any of this stuff. So I, I think that's some of the stuff that kind of helped you become who you are now. Don't you think?
1: No, I, I completely agree. The tough love, uh, I think, uh, falling in love with sports kind of, uh, allowed me that outlet. Sure. And then uh, at a young age, falling with pro wrestling, I've always told people pro wrestling raised me. Uh, you know, I may have not had a father that was there, but every Monday night, Monday Night Raw was on TV. It was there for me. It was an outlet. I was able to watch these guys be these uh, ultra uh, special characters. And it just kind of it grew me. So, yeah. you know, that's just kind of how I got into that as well.
2: What sports did you compete in when you were younger?
1: Uh, grade school. I think everybody played everything. Right. Uh, I went to uh, a school out in the country. So it's just like, everybody does everything. Everybody was in band. Everybody plays football. Everybody was <laughs> basketball. Um, once I, uh, distance myself, as you start finding, you know, as you get older, uh, I, in high school, I did cross country and track. Uh, that was, uh, I used to be fast. I say used to be, cause I used to be, <laughs>
2: uh,
1: used to have like a five fifteen mile and I was just quick. Uh, and then as you get older, you're like, why am I running? Uh, It just, it got a little boring, but I've always been really fascinated with how sports are and how it raised me. And I just kind of, I see that work ethic that you really get what you put into it.
2: Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I want a better gut health, more energy, and to optimize my immune system. If you're like me, you hate popping pills, taking vitamins, well I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. And I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So what is this stuff? Well with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. No matter what your lifestyle is, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 can work for you. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. AG1 costs less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you have any imperative, you know, because mentorship, obviously, you know, the absence uh, of your dad, um, you know, we need that mentor as young men and young women. Did you have any uh, teachers that were positive for you I, or on the other side? I know I had some negative teachers haven't had a, you know, a learning disability, but nobody identified. I literally had one that told me that I wasn't going to amount to anything when I was second or third grade. So. You know, you,
1: you got it a lot younger than I did, but, uh, uh po- positive wise, uh, I can literally name them. Uh, I had a teacher that was my fifth and sixth grade teacher, uh, named Annie Lowcrantz. Annie Lowcrantz allowed me to create. I used to be very different. I, I wanted to create art. Uh, I used to get pegged for plagiarism when I was in uh, grade school. She was, but she was, she understood where I was at and she'd be like, no, just keep creating. And, uh, I, it's what I do now. And I get paid for it. Um, you know, Andy Lilcrantz, I'd say Mr. Petropolis, uh, he was our PE teacher uh throughout my entire grade school genre. He was uh without knowing, he was a good mentor. Uh tough love. It was like uh you scrape your knee, you get back up, you get back in the game. Uh, but if you were hurt, hey, take a breather, come off. You know, you know, being able to be relatable and saying, hey, I've been in this situation before. Uh, if you're hurt, don't go back in the game. But if you're okay, then we're gonna go back in the game. Um, in high school i had a a guy named moses perez a phenomenal teacher He was actually my wrestling coach as well uh the one year i did wrestle in high school um phenomenal guy he helped me out a lot he just saw things completely different uh it was just plain jane no bullshit tell totally you like it was uh helped me out a lot through high school and then i had a teacher uh um, that was or, or she was very awful to me oh, uh she told me my senior year that i wouldn't amount to nothing Uh, She said I was lazy. And it just uh, impactful stuff like that is very negative. Um, And yeah, she just she it it was kind of surreal because I had had posted something on social media uh, maybe a month or two ago. And, you know, being able to communicate with her, she was fully aware of what she was doing. She, you know, she apologized saying, Oh, I I was a young brass teacher. I had a mouth on me. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't think I was offending you. I didn't know, you know, exactly what I was doing. And it was, it was a little surreal. Uh, it was, uh, sure. a good thing because I felt like I was apologized to, but at the same time I felt a little let down because she was aware of what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. Some
2: people, I think that's, yeah, I don't get that. Did you, did that knock you down a peg or did you kind of take that as fuel to keep going? Cause sometimes it, it, it's tough, especially depending on what you come from. Cause I think if it was, you know, an environment of a kid that's being emotionally, verbally or whatever, abused at whatever way at home, that would knock him down a peg. I know for me, it would.
1: Man, I was so, I was that kid that had his head in the clouds and I was a big dreamer. I had this, this dream in my mind that I was going to be a pro wrestler. And she caught me at a good time because I was, uh, I was a senior in high school. Uh, I was excited to, to get out of there. I, I had this whole dream of, traveling United States in a van like (laughs) McFoley wrestling booking. So that that was my whole vision. So at that time when she started doing these things in high school, uh, even though we look at it as tough love, this verbal abuse coming from her, uh, it actually fueled me. And I used to, my only rebuttal that I ever said back, I never cussed at her. I never yelled at her. I would just say, I'm going to write about you in my book. I'm going to write about you in my book. And and it fueled me. And uh, more recently, I actually started worrying about people that, don't have the same type of mentality I did and where right. they're at today. So it just is kind of had two different paths from there, but I took it as fuel and I ran with it and I'm, um, I'm doing okay today.
2: Yeah. Well, we don't want to talk about it too much. Wonder where she is, what she's doing. I'm glad you got some sort of reconciliation because sometimes we don't get that.
1: No, I, I completely agree. Like I said, it was bittersweet because you get, you get some closure, but the closure you want is never going to be what you're expecting or what you really want. But at least it was something to kind of uh, seal the deal and, you know, be able to, it's been probably shit. It's been 20 years now, man. Yeah. So since that date.
2: Well, and so. I, think, I think that's an important. Thank you for sharing that. Because, you know, so many of us that that maybe trauma. And when we say trauma, people always think of something, you know, really like evil. What those do happen. Hand no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, and some of them, some of them aren't as as big of a deal. I Maybe mean, it's the girl that rejected you, or whatever it is. And sometimes we never get a reconciliation, you know. And we just got to move forward, anyways. Um, you know, and kind of on that, did you ever talk to your dad again in adulthood?
1: Uh, adulthood. I remember uh, running into him a couple of times throughout my teenage years. Uh, he was always like around, but not around. Uh, and then after becoming a teenager, you, you know how to get in contact with people. Um, as I got older, I, I chose not to have him in my life. He wasn't a positive impact. Uh, and it, I would like to say he wasn't an impact at all because right. he wasn't there. So just being able to remove myself from the situation as a, as a young child was uh, felt free. Uh, I ran into uh, somebody that he actually knew. Oh, I forgot when it was. I was early twenties. I was starting to pro wrestle. And then uh, he didn't show up and then i remember uh we actually had a, a local wrestling event out here in fresno and uh actually ran into him he was actually at the bar next door uh yeah. and I, I walked in and he was just like brandon i was like jerry his name's jerry i call him by jerry <laughs> right, and he was yeah. just like uh what are you doing i was like oh, i have a show next door uh we were getting some burgers it was when uh they were doing some shows out here at strummer's sure. so yeah i was like hey you're more than welcome to come watch me and it was, uh, it felt really good because he's able to watch what he didn't raise. Right. You know, he doesn't really get credit for my upbringing, uh, but everybody else who had a positive impact, they get credit for where I'm at today.
2: Right. So he didn't try to pull a Dennis Rodman's dad. And all of a sudden he's, <laughs> he's sporting, uh, uh, one of your wrestling personas, Alazar. He wasn't sporting a mask. <laughs> uh. So
1: no, 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 it was, uh, it was kosher. Like I said, uh, b- a brief talking. Nothing fancy. Uh, it was more like uh, running into somebody that you just got to, it's like running into your your old high school classmate that you only have on Facebook now, that you sure. just, you, you have that little awkward high and you're like, how are things? It's good. See you later. All right, all right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. That, that's kind of one of the things that I did um, appreciate about the masks was that, you know, it could hide your face, but then remembering that I'm 6'3 walking through a store. So there wasn't, <laughs> you know, too many people that it was like, yeah, that no, that's Jason for sure. Uh, so... At, w- Within wrestling, I mean, obviously, you know, I worked with you maybe two, two and a half years, but what were some of those challenges and stuff to continue to go forward? Because people, yes, it is a show, it is entertainment, but they don't realize even the getting in and the training, uh, you endure a lot of punishment mentally for sure.
1: No, uh, you endure a lot of punishment, uh, as far as, uh, there's always this, uh, this mental cloud that you're going through, uh, pro wrestling is, uh, it's an individual sport. So pro wrestling You're really there by yourself. Uh, You are surrounded with a locker room full of great people. Uh, A lot of people I I love to call family, brothers. Uh, It's got a a variety of cast of people. But really, you know, it comes down to you're there doing it for yourself. uh, And it comes down to uh, just a lot of mental toughness. Uh, You're hurt. You're beat up. You still have to continue the show. Um, There's, uh, you know, some fine lines between, you know, missing a booking or trying to take a booking but uh, pro wrestling really beats you up. Uh, I, I walked away from pro wrestling a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, to get my business started. And I, I actually recently, uh, made a miniature comeback. Uh, we have some things in the work that works that I'm going to be able to wrestle again, but, um, walking away at the time I did, I, I was able to leave my own two feet. Uh, I'm healthy. My body feels good. Uh, I'm probably the fittest I've ever been in my entire life. So I feel good about everything. Uh, that dream is it's, you always have that dream as a kid. It, you should always love what your what you wanted to do or your first love. Uh, I've never sat there saying like I hate it or I don't want to do it anymore. But there comes an understanding where you have to change direction. Uh, there, there's a way for me to provide a service for people that is able to make an income that's you know it's worthy of doing so, and I'm I'm happy with it. I'm really good at it. Uh, I'm I see the the smile on people's faces that I'm able to change. And, and I think pro wrestling, how it raised me and went through all that trouble, I'm able to actually show people the functionality of what I've learned. So that way they don't end up injured. They, they can right. walk around it and be with their families all the time. All so right. wrestling kind of, it, it trains you mentally, physically, uh, it's hard on you, but you just kind of learn from it.
2: And being that now with what you're doing with a uh, high five fit club, you know, some of these people coming in and, and oftentimes, you know, if if someone's not really trained under someone, I'm assuming you have people that, like you said, they're sharing their stories, not only of maybe an eating, uh, issues with eating, it could, could be a disorder, or it could just be the, the incredibly healthy diet. But what, like what are some of the most touching things that you've seen happen with, with, with oh, people? Man.
1: You're trying to get the waterworks going
2: right now. Oh yeah.
1: Um, no, it's, uh, it, so pro wrestling and personal training are like the same thing. Mm. Um, man, uh, 15 years ago, walking into, uh, this, this little hole of the wall, uh, wrestling camp, I was being trained under a guy named Mike rain. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with him. So Mike rain, when I first started wrestling, uh, you know, you, you see everybody in this pedestal and I, I haven't taken him off the pedestal, but at times I thought, man, this guy's just like, he's tough on me or maybe he doesn't like me. Uh, then, you know, working hard to get these bookings and just the way that he trained, uh, 15 years later, I'm able to look at it and be like, man, you know what? Like he had my best interest at heart. Um, and the, the tough love came from just being direct and being able to say, Hey, you're good at this. You need to work on this. And this is what it takes to get to the next level. Um, and being transparent, maybe wasn't something that everybody, had when you have a dream, you hold it so high and you're like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. And then when somebody tells you like, hey, your super kick sucks. Hey, <laughs> you don't even know how to run into a turnbuckle. Uh, you know, you take it a little bit harsh. But the, the trans, translation to the way uh, fitness works is the exact same way. Uh, having the right trainer in front of you and being able to guide you uh, is what's best because people need training and it comes even to training on food. Hey, this is how we're going to start eating now. And you have to understand that people are going to come in And they're going to fall off and they're going to get back on and they're going to fall off. But it's about being able to train them how to overcome that and being transparent with them so that way they can get better at their version of life. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone has what they're chasing and you know, I'm the guy, like I've said before, that tells you what you don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you wanted to go do something right now and you knew that, Hey, you know, Brandon's going to shoot it down. He's in like, that's (sighs) stupid. That's it. You know, you're not going to call me. You're going to, you're going to call your buddy that Jason, that's a great idea. Let's go do it right now because you want that positive affirmation and people, that's what they want to hear in fitness. People sure. want to hear what they want to hear and they don't want to hear the truth. Um, no, and, and kind of blending the stories together. Um, not, not even really thinking about it. Uh, when I opened high five fit club, uh, my brain actually, uh, he didn't give it to me. We had a, a business relationship. Um, the wrestling school that he had going, I took over the rest in school. I'll be done. So, yeah. So um, things changed and I was looking for a building and I remember him contacting me and saying, Hey, if you need a spot. And uh, I was like, yeah, man. I was like, let's work this out. And we we talked, we bartered some stuff out and Mike Grant gave me the the keys to the building. And I was able to get into a building faster than I was with going the long way. Uh, And no, he gave me the the opportunity of the building. I took over, did a paint job. It looked completely different. And I I actually wanted to post those pictures online because I had pictures of the ring and my gym simultaneous and they're just two completely different buildings so i thank him for that
2: well it's pretty cool if you haven't really thought about this too is you know you brought up some solid mentors that you had and i'm sure that they were honest with you at different points although encouraging because we can be encouraging and honest at the same time but that you've become a mentor how's it feel you're a mentor now man did you ever expect that
1: Um, no, like, uh, touching base on your, your question. I know I kind of started talking about Mike, but it's like being able to see these people transition has been, uh, it's, it's very overwhelming in a positive way. Uh, you meet people that come in and they're like, uh, I have one young lady, she's been with me for about seven and a half years now training, uh, came in at 37, wanted to get in shape, uh, single parent, you know, the whole nine yards and just thought, you know, what do I do at 37? Mm -hmm. And she's you know seven years later she's competing locally uh she's down 60 pounds she looks completely different uh she looks younger than she when she came in at 37 when she sees this she's gonna yell at me so <laughs> it's uh but no being able to see these people's tran- transformations and being able to coach and guide them uh it, it's a blessing it, it's a lot of responsibility uh being the mentor i, I think sometimes people uh Forget like you, you're you're able to touch their their hearts, their soul, you know every part of their lives. Uh, this should be the best hour of their day.
2: I kind of want to put it out there, you know, with people wanting to go through transformation, and that's really what a lot of us do. If we're coming out of into sobriety, it's a transformative period. If we're a, a eating disorder, gambling is so I don't care what it is, whatever maybe the addiction struggle strife. Or things is what do you think from your biggest takeaway that you could lend to people as far as just keep going? Because we're going to hit some hard, we're going to hit bumpy roads. It's just going to happen, but it's about managing that.
1: You know, uh, life is filled with, life's a puzzle. Sure. Uh, you're just, you know, I, I believe life's a puzzle. And as we get older, the puzzle pieces start to fill in yeah. and things start to become clearer. And sometimes that picture becomes so clear and that's when it's too late. Mm. So as you're trying to gauge where you're going, the easiest thing to stick with is consistency. Uh, you know, one day at a time, one thing at a time. I think that goes with almost anything. Uh, the bumpy roads are always going to be there. I, I don't bullshit anybody. out and tell them that, you know, I can't Amazon, Amazon Prime your body fat off. <laughs> it's just literally like you've got to put in the hard work. Uh, it takes discipline and eating right, but doesn't mean that it has to be boring or it has to be dull. You sure. got to take one step at a time uh, and just, you just have to start. Everybody wants to to do this, 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 I don't know, ritual before they get started with their journey. I'm like, just do it. You got to jump in, you know, a hundred percent and you just got to be committed to the process. Yeah. And once you fall in love with the process, everything else just kind of comes together.
2: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, a lot of people maybe talk, have talked to me about, well, geez, I get sober. What am I going to do for like fun? Is it, you know, like, guys, we don't not have fun. As a matter of fact, we have more fun and you feel better. You remember it. Uh, there's no handcuffs or cop cars involved. Uh, you know, somehow you connect with the people you want to and the people you don't want to. They seem to just kind of go away. So it's like life does get better. Like you said, when you take it one day at a time and love the process. No.
1: And I, I would completely agree. And you were talking about like, did my circle change I've seen so many of my members circles change. Mm. They've come in and they, uh, and they chose a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They chose, you know what, instead of going out with my friends on Friday night, I'm going to, I'm going to come to the gym, you know, instead of having that extra beer, I'm going to, uh, do an extra 15 minutes of jump rope, whatever it may be. So their circle changed. They started to be around more people like them, which was truly them. And they're finding more people that want to be in shape or healthier. So some of their friends from the other circles don't really mix, yeah. and it's it's really uh, a culture shock in the beginning because you're so used to the people you have surrounded surrounding you that it changes, and it it's not for the bad; it's for the good. And like you said, some people that are in their whether it's a, a stage of sobriety or a stage of a caloric deficit, a stage of trying to get uh, you know that that extra ten pounds off, they're they're all stages of something that is overwhelming somebody and when you start doing something different to be to have that positive side of it come out your circle does change yeah. and your circle does benefit you
2: well it's it's a concept that i think is hard for people to understand especially again like we talked about earlier that quick fix that pill or the the fast food or whatever it is. And it's it's the difference between paying for it on the front end and the reward on the back end, or getting the reward up front and paying for it on the back end. And what I mean by that, like, hey, uh, is, is it fun to sit and have drinks and all those things? Yeah, I had I, I overindulged in it way too much trying to escape reality. And what happened was I had fun on the front end and I paid for it on the back end. Whereas with when you change your lifestyle especially when you bring in in fitness which is a key important thing anybody that's listening here that you are getting sober get that fit thing going get those synapses firing in your brain your dopamine your serotonin everything naturally firing it because if you're like me or any other substance abuser you've screwed that process up in your brain is you're putting the the work in on the front end and it's it's not comfortable but guess what what you get out of it on the back end is priceless
1: no i i agree the the dividends that you get are very 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 small just like the economy right now in the stock market (laughs) but but it's it's well worth it because there is some type of positive dividends at the end um the work that you're putting in the beginning it it seems very minimal and you don't really see that clear picture like i said with the puzzle pieces but your your end result is a lot better than if you were doing something you weren't you know uh having uh, a, a good friend of mine actually you know uh, Lance Cardoza uh, was a positive mentor to me uh, a real big asshole uh, at the same time was transparent <laughs> told you exactly what you needed to hear at the right time and uh, was a good guy overall and that's the guy that was like you know you can go have fun with your friends and go have your beers go do what you want to do or you can get your shit together and you can uh, get ready for WWE yeah. he was like you know I can get these tryouts uh, at that time Terry Funk was there uh, I remember Lance was partaking in it. We were there with Terry Funk, you know, having a, a, a beer downtown at Club One. And that's when he was like, you know, this is fun, but you can have more fun if you got in better shape where WWE started calling and then they can start figuring out if they want to use you or not. Uh, and I may have not had a WWE contract, uh, but being able to be in a d- WWE ring, uh, being a part of uh, Ron SmackDown at SAP Center, doing these little tryouts, and it, it, it's been a blessing, man. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how many people can say that they actually they got to WWE and they tried out, and they were in their ring. You know, they're at Monday Night Raw, which is their flagship show. It's kind of like being able to step on the uh, on any NFL football field and having a trial for any top professional sport. Uh, you know, it takes a lot for you to get there, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything.
2: At the end of the day, you got a, ch- a paycheck from WWE Incorporated.
1: I still have it. <laughs> you
2: still have it. That's cool. I haven't seen it. Man. I still have it. That's cool. Well, hey, Brandon. Um, before I leave you with kind of the uh, the final thoughts here for people, let's do some fun random questions. All right. All right. Uh, they were to make a movie about your story. Since you said you know putting somebody in the book in your book, uh, who would you want to play you in the movie?
1: So I would have Ben Affleck would you why yeah uh that's my go-to guy he's like the best b-list actor of all time he's (laughs) never in the best roles but he's never in the shitty roles he's just always there you think he's a b-list you don't think he's a list guy Uh, unless he writes it if he's the writer director he's a list
0: Uh, he has some phenomenal
1: stuff but when he's not the writer you're just like who wrote this
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who, who wrote this shit uh all right uh you're stranded on a deserted island. You can have one movie and one music album with you. What are they?
1: Oh, uh, let's go with uh, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying. Okay. So, And then let's go with, uh, let's go with Howard the Duck. How- Howard <laughs> the Duck. One, the, <laughs> the worst fucking Marvel movie of all time. And you go with Howard the Duck. Why Howard the Duck? Dude, that was phenomenal for my childhood uh uh was it uh tim robbins uh was it tim robbins that was in there
2: got it well it was um god what's her name i'm blanking on her name she put she was in um she was the first Caroline of the city yeah right? she she was in the that first to uh, come later first uh back to the future movie yeah uh Dude, think howard
1: the duck was uh phenomenal no.
2: Yeah. Leah Thompson was in there. Uh, You're right. Tim Robbins was in there. I forgot about that. And then the crazy Jeffrey Jones, who got turned into the bad guy. Yeah. Dude, that was phenomenal. That was not phenomenal, but okay. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Howard. the. It's phenomenal. And one of those that you go, you watch it and you like it because it's that bad. Like it's one of those good bad movies, you know. Like yes. like I love Purple Rain, but let's be honest, Purple Rain isn't a very <laughs> good movie. Agreed. And I hate to break it to people. If you really go watch the first Top Gun, it's not a very good movie, but we love it. I hate to break that to everybody. Uh all right, you, you could have uh one dream match, you're wrestling against someone who would be that person on the opposite side of the ring. You're talking man. tear the house down. Uh,
1: you know, growing up, uh, I think out of everybody that throughout the times, things have changed for me. Sure. Uh as I got older, I start looking at different people. But I, I think uh I'd be I'd be dumb to skip on a chance to wrestle with Shawn Michaels. Um growing up, Shawn Michaels was like just the man. He was my idol. Uh, everything you brought to the table, I think we, you know, tear the house down. It would just be this slobber knocker, as Gr would put it.
2: I agree. That would be badass. I, I would have to, if I had uh, any wrestling skill whatsoever. Yeah, I kept my ass out of the ring for a reason, people. I'm like, uh, buck sixty, soaking wet at six three. So I know my place. Uh, I, I would have to agree. Him or Bret Hart, those are the guys that really just put could work a clinic, man.
1: Bret Hart would put you over like no tomorrow.
2: That's right. Uh, All right. One last random question: If Brandon Pinion could have one superpower, what would it be, and why? Oh man,
1: oh man, this is uh, this is tough. I think uh, I don't know, man. Maybe to be able to eat whatever I want and not not feel the effects of (laughs) what I eat. All you know, right. I, I think, I think in the, uh, I think what people forget is that, uh, even though I'm, I'm their trainer, mentor, fitness professional, uh, I'm human too. Uh, All I man. deal with the same struggles in, in different realms and, you know, I, I've chosen this healthy lifestyle, which at times, you know, I don't want to eat always healthy. So, you know, sometimes if I can have a little bit more of uh, I love Oreos, if I have Oreos and some milk and, and not gaining any weight, I'd be happy,
2: man. All right. That'd be it. Right. Who are some of the coolest guests that have come through this, uh, the doors of high five fit club?
1: Oh man. Um, uh, we've had our network kind of boomed back in, uh, 2020 during the pandemic. Uh, we had a lot of support. Uh, I created a t-shirt that said, lift more, hate less. So, uh, I wouldn't say exactly they've come through the doors, but if we've connected online, uh, have been able to have a conversation, then I consider you a part of high five fit club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we've had some phenomenal, uh, CrossFit athletes to, uh, some high networking people that have been really phenomenal. Uh, I have had owners of, uh, the brand I take FNX reach out and, uh, commend me for what I did. Uh, being able to talk to, uh, his name's Adrian Conway, a uh, phenomenal guy has a phenomenal brand. Uh, I really support what he does because they're just transparent and they're, they're real human beings, just like me and you.
2: Well, and I think you had my childhood friend Dave Castro come through as well, right? CrossFit Games. Oh yeah, he
1: was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was at one of the local events we did, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, it was uh, honestly, man, like being a coach and seeing him there. I was like, "Oh, it's Dave Castro." Oh, it's Dave Castro. <laughs> uh, so he he showed up at the end of our uh, competition, which I'm glad he did. So nothing got changed, or nothing <laughs> ended up crazier. Uh, but being able to have a, a little conversation with him was good. Yeah. Uh, didn't even really talk about business other than, you know, kind of what he was doing. But uh know people like that are phenomenal to meet and run into. Uh, and it's been a blessing, man.
2: Well, Brandon, if uh, people want to find out uh, more about what you're doing, how can they find
1: you? Uh, if they like to, they can actually go to uh, H5 Limited on Instagram uh, spelled exactly like that, or go on to high five uh, our website it has a little portal there to, to reach out to us, uh, send us an email and we'll get in touch with you. And if you're local, come on in for a class.
2: Yeah. Well, and you guys just yeah, received some awards too there locally as well, right?
1: Oh yeah. So we just received an award for being the best alternative fitness gym and the best alternative fitness classes, uh, in central California. So know, it's, man. uh, no, it's awesome, man. I
2: appreciate it. Heck yeah. I love it. All right, Brandon, you got to leave us with the final words. If, if there's people out there that they're struggling in any way, shape or form from your life experience, what kind of advice could you lend to them?
1: Uh, honestly, uh, take it day by day, hour by hour, just stay positive. Uh, right now is the the time just to focus on you. Uh, there's somebody out there that believes in you reach out, uh, you know, to anybody. Somebody will listen to your story and you'll connect with someone. But yeah, just stay positive.
0: 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if? Go after it, grab it and make it happen.
3: While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.